Hi, welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast, where we attempt to equip people for kingdom release. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltoona.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Derek with the message. Hey friends, welcome again to Vineyard Altoona. My name is Derek. I'm the co-senior pastor here. If this is your first time connecting with us, I'm so glad you've chosen to do so. I hope I get to meet you sometime and uh, maybe we can grab coffee. Please reach out. I'd be I'd be glad to, to get together uh, and just get to know you and let you get to know us a little bit. I'm going to continue our series, but before I do that, I want to announce one thing to you. Uh, it's emotionally focused. Uh, this is the new name for Faith Walking. If you haven't heard me talk about Faith Walking, uh, we should just talk. Uh, but the next emotionally focused retreat, the beginning, it's what they're now calling Foundations, uh, is is the first weekend in May, Friday and Saturday. You can register. It's online. You can register on our website, uh, get connected, uh, register for events. Emotionally focused foundation. Uh, I, I promise you this will be really good for you. If you've been waiting to do this, now's the time. Uh, it's an excellent time to do it. Get in, get going. Uh, and, and if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, so we're just in a really important season in the life of our church. A couple of weeks ago, I shared that we really sense that we're in this season of preparation as a church, that, that as we look ahead to the, to the uh, season that's coming, the summer uh, and, and leading up into next fall, we really do sense that the Lord is inviting us into something. You know, I said a few weeks ago that, that you know, COVID really upended so much of, of our existence, right? Everything that we counted on, everything that we came to know and expect uh, of Vineyard Altoona, just sort of up in smoke, right? As we, it was disassembled, as, as we shifted to, to meet the climate and the, the, the demands of COVID. And, and certainly COVID is not over, but there's sort of a light at the end of the tunnel. And, and as we begin to look into the summer and toward the fall as a church, one of the things that we really uh, sense from the Lord is that he is inviting us to build with him in an intentional way. Jerry shared a picture uh, in our staff meeting a couple weeks ago that she had, that we had this boat. It was this ship that was sailing and that it was all disassembled and all that was left was this floating flat raft. It was floating, but but it was there wasn't anything else on it. And uh, the picture that she said, this is the church now. And that we're standing on this floating raft and we're looking at all these parts that are that are scattered and that the Lord is inviting us to hold the parts up before him and ask him if they belong on the boat. That we've really sensed that we are, we've been invited by the Lord as a church to be intentional about how it is that we go about building what Vineyard Altoona is as we go forward. Now, here's the thing. What we know is that we exist to equip people to release the kingdom of God. We know that. That's our mission. We're solid. That's going nowhere. We also know that we're going to do that within the bounds of our, of our core values, our values of joining what God is doing 
of highly valuing the outsider, and and of um, pursuing wholeness with authenticity. We know that those things are solid, but the rest and how it goes back together is largely up to God. Everything else is on the table. I mean, for those of you who haven't come back to meet with us in person yet, uh, we don't even have coffee. (laughs) We don't have coffee. There's no sound system. There's no PowerPoint. There's no projector. We've scaled it all back. We really sense that the Lord is inviting us to wait and take a posture of asking before we put everything back together. Even our building, right? When When we locked down... Uh, last spring, we were meeting in the auditorium at Wright. And now we're, we've sort of taken this temporary space that we're meeting in the, in the basement of the Salvation Army intentionally. That we're holding everything before the Lord and saying, God, what of this do you want to put back in place? And we invited you in a couple weeks ago. I invited you to, to help us pray about where it is that, that we would meet going forward. And we really do sense that God will provide a place, but that we, we want to prayerfully consider where it is that God would have the vineyard uh, locate as we go forward. And we want to invite you again to, to prayerfully consider and join us in praying for that. But one of the things that I've been thinking about as we've been in this series is that if we do sense that God wants to speak to us and direct us and lead us to be the church that he's designed us to be, one of the things that we need to do is to understand how it is that we can posture ourselves to hear God's voice. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How can we posture ourselves to hear the voice of God? I'm calling today's message, How Can I Hear God Speak? Would you pray with me? And then we'll uh, dig into to scripture. And so, Lord, we do welcome you into this time and into this place. And God, I, I do just ask you to speak. That, Lord, as we read your word and God, as we intentionally press in to hearing your voice, Lord, we just ask that you would speak. I pray, God, that you would give gifts of faith today to those who struggle to believe. Lord, I pray that your word would become real and apparent to people who maybe have never heard your voice. God, I do pray for the vineyard, Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would be a people of your presence and of your word and of your voice, God, that we would be a people who are moved by what you're doing. Lord, would you empower me to speak as I should, Put power on this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the challenge of preaching a message or or any teaching about hearing God speak, I don't know if you've ever tried to do this, but if you talk about hearing God speak, it's it's kind of an impossible task because every time you try to tell people, well, here's how God speaks, God's not constrained by by my construct of how he'll speak. Does that make sense? God's not going to, just because I say, well, here's how God speaks, doesn't mean he can't come up with any other number of ways to communicate to you. And so every time I've ever taught how to hear God's voice, I always walk away going, man, there's so much more I could say. You never cover everything. And there's very few absolutes. You know, as soon as you tell somebody, well, this is how God speaks, 
Maybe for that person, God speaks in a different way. So it's really tough, but there are common themes through scripture and that they're, and they're worth paying attention to. Today, though, I'm not going to talk so much about how God speaks to us as much as posturing ourselves in such a way that we could receive whatever communication God desires to give us. We're going to look today at 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. And while you're doing that, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Uh, 1 Samuel, if you're reading the history of Israel up to this point, 1 Samuel, this, this baby Samuel is born and, and his mother Hannah brings him to the, to, to the house of the Lord, dedicates uh, Samuel to the Lord and leaves him there and he lives in the house of the Lord under the, the tutelage of Eli, who is the priest. Uh, Eli also has two sons of his own, Phineas and Hophni, and these two sons are also priests in the house of the Lord, but they're kind of unsavory characters. Uh, they just don't do a very good job of, of being priests. They sort of desecrate the whole sacrificial system. And, and, and they're just really bad at being priests of the Lord. Uh, and so if you read, you can read all the stuff that they do in chapter 2. Uh, of 1 Samuel. Uh, and in chapter 2, at the end of chapter 2, this prophet comes to Eli and he gives him this word that he's going to disassemble uh, his priestly role and his family's uh, lineage as a priestly role. Basically saying, because Eli, you didn't do anything about the way your sons were priests, your, your line will end. And so as we get to chapter 3, what we're seeing in 1 Samuel 3 is God calling Samuel, who's going to replace Eli and his family. And so what this passage really is, it's, it's God shifting who's in charge of being a priest of the Lord. But in this, what we can see is a way that God calls people and a way that God speaks to people. And so it's helpful from that way to, to sort of get a picture of some of the postures that one could take that would enable them to hear God speak. And so with that, we're going to read uh, chapter 3, beginning of verse 1, and here's what we read. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel! And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called, Samuel! And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. You know, as we read this passage, and if you keep on reading beyond this, uh, Samuel delivers the word to Eli. So basically, God gives Samuel the same word the prophet the chapter before got. And Samuel gives this word to Eli, but and Eli says, well, you know, God is God, so if that's what he's going to do, that's, I mean, I'm okay with that. But if we want to look at just the passage we just read, and we want to sort of like mine this for, for what are postures that put us in a place of hearing God speak? There's several things that, that, that we can see that, that made, uh, made it easier for God to speak to Samuel. And the first thing that I want to point out is Samuel is resting. Samuel is resting. Look again at verse 3. It says, The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, nowhere in this is Samuel frantic. You know, I think a lot of times we think about hearing God's voice and, man, we got to like really work hard and we got to do these things and all this and that. And yet God speaks to Samuel in rest. That, that it's, it wasn't that Samuel went looking for God to speak, but instead God came to Samuel and spoke when he was resting. Friends, one of the things that I have found over and over is that if I want to hear God speak, it's almost impossible, if not completely impossible, if my soul is not at rest. If you want to hear God speak, it's next to impossible unless you're at rest. You know, uh, one of the things, COVID, COVID has been terrible in so many ways, right? Uh, everything has been disrupted. Uh, people have died. It's been a real sort of global tragedy, right? And yet in the midst of COVID, one of the gifts that came from a global pandemic is we were all offered an opportunity to declutter our schedules, right? We, I don't know about you, but I, I dumped a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of stuff just fell off anyway. But as of late, things are beginning to change, right? I don't know if you've noticed this, but like all of a sudden things are kind of coming back as more and more people are vaccinated and, and the spread is sort of like mitigated. Life is getting busier, isn't it? Maybe not for you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, but work schedules are getting busier. Uh, school demands are getting higher. For those of you in college, you're, you're just about to finals. For those of us who have kids, all the kids activities are coming back now. And our calendars are getting more and more and more full. And if you're like me, you begin to feel more and more squeezed. You know, in every time and every space where I've ever needed to hear the Lord speak, one thing I can always count on is that if I can settle and be at rest, 
God will speak. And yet our calendars are squeezing more and more of that rest out of our calendars, right? Rest is a posture that we have to cultivate. That it has to be an intentional thing that we do, that we cultivate rest. This is why Sabbath is so important. Creating an intentional weekly rhythm of having a 24-hour period where we take the burdens of life off and put ourselves in the place of rest with God. It's not only good for, for your stress level, but it's so good for hearing the voice of God. Listen, if you don't have a rhythm of Sabbath, can I encourage you to, to figure out any way possible to make one happen? You know, if you don't have time for a Sabbath, let me give you a bit of pastoral counsel. You should take all the things on your plate and gradually push them off until you do. It's that important cultivating a weekly space where you rest with God. You know, there's all kinds of disciplines, right? That Sabbath is just one. There's silence and solitude, like intentionally creating space where you're away from people and away from noise so that you can hear the voice of God. You know, it's an, an excellent way to, to generate this posture of rest where God can speak to you. You know, we can posture ourselves for rest by disciplines like this, but we also want to be the kind of people who can hear God's voice uh, everywhere, right? E even when we are busy. Now, we're kidding ourselves if we don't intentionally develop that, that uh, posture of rest uh, in, in a place of rest. We can't, you know, I, the funniest thing to me is people who want to hear God for the big things when things are really busy who won't also initially create the space of quiet to develop that. But we want to be people who, who can hear God's voice in the marketplace, right? You want to hear God's voice at work. You want to hear God's voice at school. You know, you want to be able to be responsive to God even when things are busy. You know, early on in the vineyard, we, you guys maybe have heard this prayer, come Holy Spirit, right? Early on in the vineyard, this prayer was sort of modeled, uh, back in the, the 80s, uh, was modeled early on for how to pray for people. And it has in it a built-in rest space. It has, so, so when you go to pray for someone, you put your hand on their shoulder or whatever, and you say, come Holy Spirit. It's not just sort of the preamble to your prayer. It's actually a relational invitation that when we pray, come Holy Spirit, what should happen is a pause while we wait for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. The prayer, come Holy Spirit, is actually an invitation for the Spirit of God to say and do whatever he wants. And so early on in the vineyard, when you would pray for healing or you would pray for anything, it's come Holy Spirit and wait. And wait. And wait. That it had rest built into it. And I would say, this is a thing that we should return to. Because if we will wait, if we will posture ourselves, no matter where we are, if we'll posture ourselves in a position of rest, we will hear God speak and we'll be able to attend to what God is doing. 
So one way to posture ourselves to hear God is rest. Another observation I want to make in this passage is Samuel was where God was. Let me say that again. Samuel was where God was. Look again at verse 3. It says, The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, catch this, where the ark of God was. In the story of Israel, the ark of the covenant uh, is where God's presence dwells. And so everywhere the ark of the covenant goes, that's where God goes. So, and, and in the end, in the temple, it gets placed in the Holy of Holies, right? That's where God's presence dwells. And so catch what's happening here. Samuel is resting where God is. If you want to posture yourself to have God speak to you, put yourself where God is. It seems simple, right? Put yourself where God is. If you want him to talk to you, put yourself where he is. Let me suggest a few ways. You know, one of the primary ways that God speaks in the world today is through his word, through this book. That's one of the primary ways that God speaks. And so one of the most accessible and best ways, if you want to hear God speak, is to develop a regular routine rhythm of scripture reading. Just a regular rhythm. And you know what? In America, in 2021, the Bible is so, uh, so widely available. Most of us have several copies in our homes, but at least one. And so it's easy. If Listen, if you don't have one, let me know. I'll get you one. I got stacks of them, right? I'll get you one. But if you want to hear God speak, the primary way that you're going to hear him speak is through Scripture. And so if you want to hear the voice of God, you need to develop a regular routine habit of reading Scripture and ask God to speak. Listen, it's this simple. Before you read Scripture, as you sit down to read, in a quiet place, just pray, Spirit of God, would you illuminate this word to me? Would you speak to me? God will speak through his word. You know, some of the most, the ways that I have been shaped and understanding the character of God and what God is up to in the world have come through regular devotional scripture reading. And listen, if you need help getting started, if you're not really sure, let me know. I'd be glad to help you get started on regular devotional scripture reading. But it's critical. It's one of the primary ways that God speaks. Another way that God speaks is through the community of believers. Listen, I know that COVID has ruined your rhythm of Sunday worship gathering time. I get it. I totally get it. There's a lot of concerns. You know, one of the reasons that we actually made the, the churches in homes when we did that through the winter was because we believed gathering with other believers in any capacity was so important to hearing the voice of God, to being uh, present with God. That we, we were, you know, even if it was just one, a couple of families or a couple of people, gathering with other people is so critical. But now as we're coming out of COVID, listen, don't hear me rushing you, okay? But as you make plans for what it's going to look like as you begin to enter life uh, in whatever this new normal is. Can I encourage you pastorally 
to put at the top of your priority list Sunday worship gathering participation. When you're ready, I get it. You know, there's vaccine, there's spread, there's all this stuff. I get it. Totally get it. But it's so easy for that to come all the way at the bottom. But it's so critical to your soul. It's so critical to your spiritual health. You know, and I've been guilty, and can I just apologize? I have been guilty of downplaying the value and importance of the Sunday worship gathering. And if if that, if that has caused you to lower the value of it, can I just express, I'm sorry for that. But one of the things that God has been dealing with me over the last year is is the value of worshiping together and gathering together with the community of saints. That it's critical, as a, as a spiritual discipline, it's critical to gather with those who are also followers of Jesus. Because this is where God speaks. That so much of understanding what God is saying in the world happens in the community of believers. It's critical to your health. You know, when I think about the biggest moments in my life and in the places where I've needed the most clarity and, and really needed God's direction, most of them have happened in the context of the Sunday worship gathering. Most of them. I'll give you one example. About, it's maybe nine years ago now, eight or nine years ago, um, we were, actually, I know exactly how many, it was eight years ago, uh, we were discerning. We knew God had called us to plant a church. We didn't know where. And we then we had our, our second child, and, and I was just lamenting to God, like, I don't know how this is even going to work. You want us to move somewhere to plant a church? And we, I just don't know how this is going to work. You know, worship is happening around me, you know, and I'm in this collective worship gathering. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. And it was in that moment that I knew God was calling us to Altoona. It was the context of the worship gathering. If, if you're looking for God to speak, the worship gathering with gathered believers is a critical space. It's a rhythm that you need to have. There's just not no two ways about it. I could give you more and more, but I mean, maybe we can get together and have coffee and I'll tell you more stories. But let me press on. So, so being in a posture of rest will help you hear God speak. And being where God is will help you hear God speak. The last observation that I want to make today is Samuel was ready to obey. This is, this is critical. Samuel was ready to obey because he had learned obedience from Eli. Look at verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Do you, do you see how... Uh, as soon as Samuel hears his voice called, he's immediately ready to respond in obedience. He hurries to Eli. He doesn't even understand that it's God's voice speaking, but he runs to be obedient because he had learned this through working with Eli. If you want to hear God speak, you need to be prepared to obey what you hear. You know, some of us, we would go, oh, yeah, I mean, if God speaks and when he speaks, I'll obey. But listen, can I give you just a little self-test to test your level of, of uh, obedience to God and how, how obedient you would be to God? 
Let me ask you this, whenever, and just evaluate it for your own life. How do you respond when a person in your life who has authority over you tells you to do something? Do you, you know, do you go, go ahead and do it without any issues or do you push back against it or do you complain or do you just not do it at all? How do you respond when someone of authority speaks into your life, especially when they tell you something you don't want to hear? Listen, Samuel was ready to be obedient to God because he had been practicing obedience for years under Eli. One of the clearest ways to see how ready you are to be obedient to the Lord is how do you respond to people in authority in your life, especially when you disagree. Are there people in authority over you who are allowed to tell you what you don't want to hear and you'll obey? Do you have anybody like that? I mean, it's huge in the church in America. We have a really hard time with authority. And I think if we're honest with ourselves before the Lord, we may have to say we're not prepared to be obedient to God. For many of us, we're not even able to hear God's direction when it's contrary to what we think. If that's you, can I encourage you to move in, in, in repentance, to turn around, to walk back to the Lord, to confess and ask forgiveness and begin to walk in repentance to the Lord? You see, the good news is God wants to speak to you. Jesus has made a way. That's what we celebrate. 